Hey, and welcome back to Grace Talks, a Christian's women's podcast that studies the Bible, the women in it, and applies it to our lives today. Today we're going to be talking about Deborah, a judge, prophet, warrior, and poet. We can find Deborah's story in the book of Judges. Judges is a book about 11 men and one woman who are mouthpieces of God and leaders to the people of Israel. This was before the times of kings of Israel, and in this era, there were a lot of ups and downs with God's people. They would go through phases of sinning and God allowing them to be oppressed, and then repenting and God saving them from their oppressors. Deborah was the only female judge, the fourth of the twelve. Deborah has a really cool and empowering story, and she played a lot of roles. I break down her roles into four main categories, judge, prophet, warrior, and poet. The first one I want to look at is her role of judge. Let's read the beginning of Judges to learn more. So Judges chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 say this, Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Herosheth Hagoyim, because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. They cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. The Hebrew word for judge can also be translated to leader, which is why we read that Deborah was leading Israel at the time. Isn't that so cool? More than a thousand years BC, there was a woman leader in Israel, and not only was she leading, she was leading without any opposition mentioned. In fact, it says that people went to her to have their disputes resolved. The way that the judges were supposed to make those decisions was through guidance from God through prayer. Because Deborah is a prophet, we know that she would have had a direct connection to God, which means her judgment would have been good and accurate. We know this from a couple different verses. In Hebrews 1.1, it says, God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. In Numbers 12.6, it says, When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Wouldn't it be so amazing to have that kind of clarity? To know God's will with such certainty? It'd also be overwhelming, probably, to know the consequences of people's actions in the future of your nation. To be an imperfect human and having to regularly reach out to a holy and perfect God. That would be a lot. Thing is, though, we do our own version of all of this. We are also imperfect humans, and just by you listening to this podcast, you're reaching out to a perfect and holy God. Every time you pray, read your Bible, listen to messages about faith, or meditate on who God is, you are reaching out to a God we didn't deserve, but who loves us fiercely anyway. And while we may not be given dreams or audible words from God, we are given two particular gifts that benefit our own judgments. We are given the Bible, and we are given discernment. The Bible is set in stone, good for teaching, and a perfect place to reference any questions you have, but we also have discernment because of the Holy Spirit once we're saved as Christians. It is something that grows as we grow our faith. 
There are a lot of places in the Bible that talk about the spirit of discernment, but I have two I want to read to you. Philippians 1, 9 through 10 says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The Bible makes it clear that not everyone has the spirit of discernment. That's a spiritual gift, and people all have different gifts and strengths. But with prayer and referencing the truth that comes from the Bible, we have the ability to judge well, like Deborah. Next, let's read more about Deborah as a prophet. Judges 4, 6-9 through 9 says, She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedash in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kedish. Here we get to see Deborah's confidence in what God's plans are. We will see later in the story if what she says will come to pass, but spoiler alert, what makes a prophet a true prophet is that they're listening to God. And if God says that something will happen, it's going to happen. This guy, Barak, though, doesn't seem to have the same amount of trust as Deborah. I wish I could ask you in person who you think will be the woman that has the honor of defeating Sisera. But unfortunately, in this context, I can't ask the question before you find out. So think about it. Give yourself a second. And then we'll go ahead and read the rest. This set of verses also leads us into Deborah's other identity, that of a warrior. Barak says, if you do not go with me, I'm not going. And without hesitation, she agrees. I love her fearlessness. And I mean, what does she have to fear? She knows God is delivering this army into their hands. Judges 4, 10 through 17 says, There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zaananim near Kedish. When they told Sisera that Barak son of Abinoam had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Herosheth Hagoyim to the Kishon River all his men and his nine hundred chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down to Mount Tabor, with ten thousand men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Herosheth Hagoyim, and all Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a single man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin king of Hazor 
and the family of Heber the Kenite. The book doesn't tell us that Deborah went and fought in the battle, but she didn't have to. She was a military strategist, a mouthpiece of gods to tell them when it was time. That's something that is epic about Deborah. As a leader, she didn't feel the need to lead everything. She delegated. She trusted God to guide the plans by using other people, Barak to lead the army, and just around the corner, another woman to finish his job. Deborah's Aitzer didn't just mean that she herself was strong. She allowed and encouraged others to be strong as well. We should take note of that. We should be like that. Let's finish the story. Judges 4, 18 through 24. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there? Say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said. I will show you the man you are looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they destroyed him. Surprise! This week's episode is a two-for-one special in the Strong Women of God department. Sisera thought he was protected in a woman's tent, the tent of his ally's wife, but while Jael's husband was an ally to Sisera, Jael was an ally to God. She was given the honor that Barak unintentionally declined. The women back then often were the ones to set up the tents, so she had the strength and the practice of driving the pegs down into the ground. A gruesome but quick end for Sisera. Jael didn't hesitate, either. We shouldn't hesitate to be allies to God. Put your hammers down, though, ladies. I don't mean with that kind of justice. I mean that we should be quick to respond to the moments that God wants to use us in. We aren't in a physical war right now, but we are in a daily spiritual one. Be quick to drive a hammer and a peg through your weaknesses. Put up your tents daily and rest in the shade of God's strength. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. As humans, we have a lot of weaknesses, but the thing about them is that God can take the worst parts of ourselves and he can turn them into our strengths because of him. We can do anything because of him. Lastly, Deborah was a poet. This song of Deborah, that is chapter five, reminds me so much of David's work in Psalms, and I love that it was included here. I want to finish off this episode with reading it together. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. When you, Lord, went out from the seer, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. 
in the days of Shabmar, son of Anath. In the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to winding paths. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders when the war came to the city gates, but not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers in Israel. When the people of the Lord went down to the city gates, Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, break out in song. Arise, Barak, take captive your captive, son of Abinoam. The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Makir, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, sent under his command into the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheep pens to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the terraced fields. Kings came, they fought, the kings of Canaan fought. At Tanak, by the waters of Megiddo, they took no plunder of silver. From the heavens the stars fought, from their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away, the aged old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horses' hooves, galloping, galloping go his mighty steeds. Curse, Miraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother behind the lattice, she cried out, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, a woman or two for each man, colorful garments as plunder for Sisera, colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck, all this as plunder? So may all your enemies perish, Lord, but may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace 40 years. 40 is one of those numbers that has significance in the Bible. God destroyed almost every living thing on earth by flooding it for 40 days in the story of Noah. Moses, the prophet Elijah, and Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 days each. The Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. There were three kings that reigned for 40 years, Saul, David, and Solomon. Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days before David defeated him. 40 was usually a number associated with these spiritual testings. But we get to see it here as a period of peace. I honestly just love that it was a woman who brought 
it about? A woman who was a servant for God's people, not just some figurehead or authority. I want to be more like her. I want my defining characteristic to be introduced in the context of my relationship to God. Deborah was a prophet first, then she was a wife, and whatever other identities the world associated with her. I want to be Grace, a daughter of the King of Kings, before I'm anything else. I want to be a leader who serves people, a woman who strengthens others. I want my words, like Deborah's, to praise and glorify God. I want to love God and be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Our application for this week is simple. Be confident, trust in God, and serve others. Well, that's everything I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to be talking about a dead girl and a sick woman. I promise the story ends better than it starts. And I hope to see you then. If you have any questions about today's episode, the Bible, or anything else, I'd be happy to answer as best as I can. If you haven't heard it today, God loves you. I love you. You're important. You have worth. You have a purpose. I'm signing off. Bye.